Blog Talk Radio.
Southern Fried will, in fact, be coming back uh, after it looked like they weren't going to be coming back. Just move back two weeks, and it will be at the Knoll Rec Center in uh, Monroe. So they're 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 back in the game starting March 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning to run once a month, and on the other hand, uh, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment is on hiatus with no definite plan to do anything. Uh, wow! In the near future, um, so which is really too. I know you commented this in one of your videos. It's really too bad. Um, because you know what, whether the TV or was anything viable or not in terms of making money, you know who knows. Probably not. But they were putting on good shows. They were doing interesting things, and I'm sorry to see them be you know off the scene. You know they had they added something different to the Georgia scene, and I'm sorry to see them be for them to be away. Um, especially tough because you know with PWX running, and IWE is going to have their big. March 20th and then viral is going to be back in April. So it's yeah. like the gang's all here. Oh my God. He already beat Skylar. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, what does it tell you that the show's supposed to be over two hours long? This, this AEW dark with 40 participants. It's ludicrous. So crazy. Yeah, but, they um, they really need to find another way. But in, but in any case, yeah, it's the the, the uh, wrestling calendar is filling up hugely uh, here. Um, Rob Rod's going to be back in action this weekend, and uh, uh, condolences to him on the loss of his sister um, over the yeah. past weekend. Uh, that was it was tough. I, I mean, he he. I know it was expected, but so what? Um, still, it's it's your sister. And a loss as well from uh, All Star Wrestling's um, Mike, right? Yeah, Mike Money, the longtime promoter at All Star Wrestling Network in Fort Valley. Um, one of those few people in in wrestling that you know nobody had a bad thing to say about him, and a lot of people had really good things to say about him. And right. um, just a really nice. Every interaction I had with him was just really pleasant. Really nice guy. And genuine guy, he's in, he wasn't a bullshitter. Um, you know, Dan Masters worked for him down there, was actually there when uh, Mike Money started in 2004. And he said one of the things about him is he, you know, when he said something was going to happen, it happened, um, and um, gave a lot of people chances, kept that building running for all those years. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people went through there. Um, just you know, not only is was he well liked, it's the variety of different people who don't necessarily like each other that could mm-hmm. all agree that they liked him, and that's really mm-hmm. remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were you and I were talking about that, and you brought up something that I thought was really interesting. So, at one point. Wasn't he just kind of footing the bill and paying the rent on a venue and really had nothing to do with the with a particular promotion? Something like that? Well, I think he was involved, but he didn't have a as, – as I understood it, he his involvement wasn't to make money. It was to keep the building going. I mean, he was a, he was a personality that got involved in the shows. Um, and was it was it was a you know a, a character if you will 
in the shows, but he wasn't he wasn't there to, to to make money off it. The money went to the to the boys from the from the door. Yeah, is the, is the way I understood it. Super great. So, um, Larry, what was it like being in the being at PWX with 350 people in the crowd? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that it was 350 masked people. And there was mm. there was no game there was no games being played about the masks there. Um, and you know when I, st- I stopped in Greenville on the way up there, and I saw I noticed there was that town seemed to be pretty pretty serious about the masks. And I don't know how much of you know what, what the athletic commission deal is on wrestling in South Carolina regarding masks and all that, but um, yeah, they were they were strictly by the book there at at PWX with that, hundred um, percent. Wrestlers and fans, good show. They have, they have a great atmosphere. All the PWX shows I've been to had really good atmosphere. A little too good in the in the uh, Chip Day, uh, Ethan Case match. They they t- t- basically wound up telling a couple of the fans, uh, "Don't try to tell us how to do our match." Um, <laughs> uh, they, 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 yeah, they made they made a they made light of it in, in a good way. Um, it, it, it worked out very well. But yeah, they they got a really good atmosphere, and the people are their fans are really into the shows. I it, they just went a, went a little too long to keep people really um, f- fully engaged. Three and a half hours is is tough. And of course, that's one a of their big show. Yeah, that's that's a long night, and kind of unfortunate at the end because it was Harlem Bravado saying his goodbyes because he's uh, rumored to be and reportedly signed with WWE and. He, he and TJ Boss both did really nice speeches at the end of that main event, but people were like heading for the exits. So yeah, um, but so I know Brian. Brian was uh, pl- pleased with it, but he he also said it wasn't you know it wasn't their best. That and they'll be they'll be back with a better show um, next month. Which Speaking they're teaming of. up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with with Eddie Kingston's group will be there for a double header. And speaking of that, speaking of Eddie Kingston, tonight J.D. Drake is going to be on Dark against Eddie Kingston. So to me, that's a great, I mean, if J.D. Drake wants a serious look, I imagine they put him with Eddie Kingston for a reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think Eddie is going to do his level best to make them look great. So. His chops were just, they're always ungodly, but they were in full effect on Saturday night. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were extra ungodly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Lucky Ali took a beating and a half, um, but he hung Oof. in there. That, that, uh, that, that guy's got something, Lucky Ali. I yeah. think we're going we're gonna to hear more from Lucky Ali. Um, well, that was the other thing about that show. Several several guys that really had showed improvement. Lucky Ali, uh, Alexander Moss, even Fluffman in the opening match was terrible. When I saw him at Viral, has gotten has gotten a whole lot better. That's always fun to see. So yeah, I know. Um, yeah, and we got a busy weekend coming up. Uh, coming up, Rob Rod's going to be back in action. He might do a triple shot. He's going to do PCW Friday night. He's going to Lariato Saturday. And he's even threatening to go to GIPW and Warner Robins on Sunday. What? That's what Holy he said. Holy moly! That's what you're going to be in he's Chicago. Def- is, 
Is that right? No, this I will be at Anarchy this week, and then the following weekend okay. I'll be in Chicago. So I'll miss um, Southern Honor and the return of Peach State. Oh my gosh, so much going yeah. on. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to be yeah. at uh, both ICW shows hanging out with Jeff Bailey and Dan. <laughs> so so Dan is in for this. Mhm. All right. And then, and then and then I'm going to go I think I'm going to go to No Peace Underground on Sunday night. <laughs> so it's going to be a wrestling-heavy weekend for me as well, for sure. I wonder how long it's been since Dan the Dragon Wilson was at a wrestling show. Oh, my God. And he makes his return to, to the deathmatch scene. Very interesting. Oh, that's right, because he commentated the Carnage Cup, did he not? Uh, did he? I don't even know. I believe so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know he's done so. it in the past. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be great to see Dan and uh, Jeff and, you know, and I'm going to have lunch with Ron Nimi on Thursday and then I'll see him Saturday for sure. So it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. And um, I mean, Schlack is wrestling on the No Peace Underground show with no ring. So I'm already scared. <laughs> I have to think about the clothes I'm going to wear because I'm going to get covered in glass. There's just going to be glass flying all over the place. I'm even thinking about wearing goggles, even though I'll be the only one besides the camera people that do that. <laughs> but it's just like I get I got really nervous at the uh, No Peace Underground show where, I mean, every match, Larry, I was getting scoured in glass. And it's just firing up from everywhere. I'm like, oh, boy. So I'm going to be that old man. But (laughs) I think I might have to to do do some goggles for sure. So never boring. And when we have Brandon and Casey on, um, I mean, one of the things I'm going to ask is I, I didn't look at the card for no peace overall. So I'm curious if they're going to stay over for that. It seems like more than a few of the ICW people are. So, Where's the No Peace thing at? No Peace is at um, the Sound Bar, which is a, uh, a bar in downtown Orlando. I mean, it is right there. Stone's throw away from uh, Camping World Stadium, the former Citrus Bowl. So it's very close to my house, actually. It's probably like a 10-minute drive to get there, and I'm right there. And it's a great little – I mean, it's a seedy little bar. And then next door connected to it is a Halloween-themed bar. So in between the matches, because the no-piece matches, what's so ridiculous, Larry, is, you know, there's glass and all this broken stuff all over the place, and they don't have a ring. So it happens on the stage and on the floor, and the crowd is literally right there. It's got, that, it's got the atmosphere of like a schoolyard fight where everybody just sort of makes a ring. <laughs> the spectators make a ring, and the guys just kind of go at it right there. That's the feeling that you get. But, you know, they have to clean that, all that crap up between every match. So there's like a, at least a 10-minute break, probably longer between each match. Oh, yeah. And so everybody yeah. sort of filters outside. Some people wander over to the Halloween bar. People kind of stand around and talk, or they go outside. 
you know, the last time we went, I had Bailey with me and uh, Sinister Minister. And so a lot of people wanted to take pictures with Sinister Minister. More than a few of the Deathmatch guys wanted to definitely bend Jeff's ear about Wildside. They're they're big fans of Wildside and Jeff Bailey. So, um, And then, you know, Shotzi Blackheart was there. So me and her were talking it up between the matches. So a lot of fun, a really kind of cool atmosphere. You could tell, like, NXT people slip in there just to sort of kind of see the edgiest thing. It, to me, it's akin to like a rock band that's on her way up wanting to slip into a punk club, you know what I mean? Just to see what's kind of like what's happening and what's, you know, what's edgy and what's now. So um, all of that atmosphere creates a really, really unique situation, you know, well, at the sound bar. I believe our guests have arrived, so we can ask them uh, directly about some of these things. You want to introduce them? I think we got them here now. Absolutely. Um, I I have dubbed them the first couple of Deathmatch Wrestling. Um, It is Brandon. It is Casey, the two craziest motherfuckers that I saw a month ago. (laughs) Welcome to the Tipping Point, guys. Hello. Hey. What's going on? (laughs) Hey. So, real quick, are you guys going to be part of the No Peace show on Sunday, or are you doing the ICW shows only? You know, I, this time I don't think we're doing No Peace, and I'll tell you why I don't mind. Because I'm doing two death matches on Saturday, <laughs> and I'm probably going to be dead after that. So the fact that I'm not on No Peace, I'm not mad about it. I'm not. I'll be, I'll, we'll probably be there, but I'm not mad about not having to wrestle and getting thrown Brandon, on what the concrete f- floor. What? What the fuck are they thinking? Why are they doing two shows on Saturday? What the fuck? I don't. It's I so don't crazy. Know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and then of course, uh, you know, I'm wrestling Akira on the first one, and then, you know, just a guy that happens to be the best deathmatch wrestler in the world right now, John Wayne Murdoch, on the on the show after. Oh. I'm going to be dead. It's going to take me two weeks to recover from this. Mm. Mm. Uh. So, Larry, do you have any questions for Brandon? I wouldn't. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh, Larry. There's Larry. Larry, do you have any questions? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to grab <laughs> something there for a second. I apologize, oh, you guys. Yeah. No problem. Um, All good. You, you know, I know you've, um, Brandon, you've obviously made a name for yourself in uh, deathmatch wrestling, but um, I know that, you you know, you do a lot of other wrestling, too. You were the Synergy Pro Champion. Do you get concerned about getting pigeonholed into deathmatch wrestling? Um, yes, uh, because I have been, and I still kind of do to a certain extent. I mean, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I've kind of proven that that's, you know, death matches aren't the only thing that I can do, but yeah, I still, you know, there still is that, you know, a little bit of stigma surrounding me that, Oh, he's, you know, he's just death match guy. You know, all he does is broken glass and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I do my best to, to try and get myself out of that, but you know, there's always still those people that those, that's what they see. And that's the, you know, the crazy stuff that shows up online. So that's what they you know, that's how they view me. But 
you know, I think I've, I've, I think I've done a pretty good job in, you know, getting myself out of that for the most part. Nice. Casey, Casey, Casey. So, (laughs) um, you took my favorite spot with the light tube bundle to the dome. That thing like blew me away. And then I saw the thing from no peace. All right. You're taking a power bomb to nothing. So Larry, she gets picked up for the power bomb, turned towards the crowd Nobody in the crowd fucking caught her. Casey, what the fuck? Like, uh, what? <laughs> okay, I, you know, I've I've written about deathmatch, and I, you know, I'm like these these people are not like us. It's like the thing that I always say. Like, people don't understand. There's kind of a mentality to be involved in deathmatch stuff. And like you, if you, didn't, could... if you didn't know anything, if you didn't know anything about wrestling, and you showed up to a Nopi show, you would think these people are fucking lunatics. Yes. Kind of are. I mean, yes. And I, I was going to say, I mean, I know, but but Casey, like, when obviously you can go. So I went down this rabbit hole of looking at you guys' matches that I could find online and that kind of thing. So Casey, you can go. What what spurs you to do these spots in the deathmatch show? My asshole husband. <laughs> no. Um, I, I I don't know. Like I I loved ECW and I I loved Tommy Dreamer and like that's kind of the stuff I gravitated towards when I actually started watching wrestling and getting into it. Um, and I I don't know. I just I love the art of deathmatch wrestling. I think it's really fun. It's kind of cool to be this different person that I'm not really in real life but I do have kind of a reckless side so it's it's fun to be able to show that it's very painful afterwards but I mean it's yeah, been okay that, at that point I would disagree on the fun part there's it's not very fun <laughs> <laughs> uh one one thing I like about you guys and, it, and it's you know the like the 440 guys I always think like they they are heels Right in a in a world where most of the promos in deathmatch seem to center around, you know, I respect this son of a bitch, and you know, we murdered each other, but fuck yeah. it, and and it's all good. But the the promo, the Casey promo about where she mixes in real life, it felt like the most pro wrestling promo to me of that night where it's just like my man took me to Disney like so there was all these elements of reality but it was definitely like about tweaking the crowd and getting them mad and building them up and then when you took the took the light tubes to the head I mean everybody lost their shit and I thought yeah you know Brandon and Casey seem to incorporate sort of pro wrestling elements I don't talk, I'm not talking physically. I'm talking about the way that you guys carry yourself. And I mm-hmm. think you're getting a big return for what you're doing. Um, maybe more than almost everybody else that I see. Um, what's, what do you attribute that to? Is that, is that because of who trained you or the kind of wrestling you were interested in? How do you guys manage to kind of, give this strong pro wrestling bent and psychology to what you're doing in a death match ring. I, I feel like a lot of it is 
you know, when we're talking about the things that we want to do, like, like, uh, at least for me, like in my head, I'm just like, what would I pop for? Like, what would make me react or make me laugh? And like a lot of the thing, like, especially with the promo thing that we do, you know, we, we talk about beforehand, like, all right, what are the most absurd, ridiculous accolades that you can list off that I do that would just get people saying, what the fuck? Like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, like one of them was like, my husband <laughs> wakes up every morning at six o'clock to take the dog out. So I don't have to do it. Like just shit <laughs> would just like every day, like normal human being stuff that is not <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. That would just annoy the shit out of people. And I think that's like the best part also because it's authentic and it's us. So like, even though people are like annoyed by it, they can kind of relate to it also. So I think that makes it like more fun and, and the crowd gets invested. Cause now they know every time we come out and I have the mic, like they're like, Oh great. Like, like what stupid shit is she going to say now? You know? <laughs> Real cool. So um, give me an idea of, I, I mean, you, Brandon, you mentioned you have like this two week, you're going to, in your estimation, it's going to take two weeks to recover from Saturday, right? Like, yeah. what is there sort of a is that is that based on anything, or is that just like your experience, or how do you plan out your bookings when you know deathmatch comes a calling? Obviously, right now you're you're doing a lot of that, but. Um, do you have to space out your bookings? Do you have to be really conscious of that? Um, what other promotions do you work that aren't necessarily deathmatch oriented? That kind of thing. Well, I mean, I, I guess when I say when I say two weeks, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, on a normal occasion. So, like, if I have a weekend where I have you know a deathmatch, normally it'll take me like two or three days to like fully recover, and a lot of it is just like you know, other than soreness, like my body's covered in cuts and like, it's just like, you don't have no energy to do anything. Like think it really does take a toll on your body. Like after, you know, CZW cage death last year, like I was like bedridden for a week. Like I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. My body was covered in cuts. I was just in constant pain. So a lot of the times I'll try to space out the death match stuff to, I at least try to do no more than once a month because I I just don't like feeling like that after a match. So, like, you know, if I'll have three or four bookings in a month, you know, I'll try and limit it to just one death match because that's all my body can really handle, you know. So you, you know it's going to be grueling. You know you're going to be in pain. What draws you to it? What attracts you to it? I feel like it's just the reaction that you get from doing something crazy. You know, mm-hmm. like... The, the crazier shit that you do, the the bigger pop that you're going to get. And I feel like it's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. it. It's addicting. It's it's almost like a drug to where like you're just addicted to the reaction that you get for something that you do. And like, you know, when you finally, you know, connect with the crowd and they go crazy for something that you did, you're like, Oh my God, like I want to do something bigger, even better. And like, you don't even think about the pain at the time. You just, all you're thinking yeah. about is how are the how are the people going to react to this stupid thing that I'm about to do, you know? Casey, do you have the same mental disorder that Brandon has? Like, what's, <laughs> like what, what's in it for you? Like, what's what's your attraction? Is it different 
because you're you're a woman involved in this thing. So is your stint, do you feel the need to like, I got to be the best at it or I have to show the guys, does that enter into your mind or do you just do the things for yourself? Um, you know, as, as, I don't really know. Like so, some of the things I think about, like I said before, like I, I just, I loved watching it. So I think it's really cool to see women involved in deathmatch wrestling. Um, so maybe that's why I kind of am drawn to it because I like having that representation in something really gritty and hardcore and things like that. Um, and, and I just love the storytelling in a kind of match like that because it, it's so different. And I I love storytelling and I want to be a part of that. So, um, yeah, and I mean, it's not – I'm not as, like – I don't know, you are usually doing, like, crazier stuff than mm-hmm. I am. So, like, I only did, like, one, like, really crazy thing in my, like, deathmatch career, per se. So, um, I'm not doing, like, psycho things like him, like, multiple times a weekend because I just would not be able to do that. My body would not, like, hold up. So, I think maybe that's why I like doing it more because I'm less in pain. <laughs> and, you know, I think Casey, could – could you talk us through a little bit your the squared circle of sacrifice match with Jimmy Lloyd? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was definitely the biggest death match I've ever done, and that was my first singles death match I had ever done. Um, and the main reason I really wanted to do that was number one, I was dying to wrestle Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, I love him, and I really wanted to work with him. So when I got the opportunity, I was like, absolutely. Um, and also, it's really it was really awesome because um, it was leading up to Cage of Death, which was the biggest show of the year, and Brandon and Jimmy were going to be in it. And I really wanted to add to the story for Brandon because, you know, Brandon was watching CZW as a kid, and this was like a huge dream of his. And I was like, if I can contribute to that and make the story that much better and have the whole thing tied together, um, that would be amazing because uh, Brandon wrestled Jimmy in the Square Circle of Sacrifice the year before. No. Two years. Oh, before. the two years before. Yeah. So yeah, so it was just kind of like full circle. Like they started there, and then I got to be involved. So it was really just a really special thing to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I was anxious for probably six months leading up to the match, and um, <laughs> I'm probably still nervous if I think about it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely a crazy experience and something I'm never going to forget. Absolutely. So, are you guys flying in Friday night? No. Uh, I wonder, no, we're flying. No, we're flying. Yeah, Saturday morning. morning. Like Saturday morning is going to be. Saturday is going to be the day. I, I, and I hate that we've done this to ourselves because Saturday morning we got to fly in at, at eight. We got to grab our rental car, drive to, to Port Richie, do the first show, do the second show, and then drive all the way back to Orlando to get to get our hotel. So Saturday is going to be the day from hell. <laughs> so you guys are staying in a hotel or in Orlando. So are you hidden Disney? Are you guys doing Disney on Sunday? You know, we may, but like, so we have our, our <laughs> annual passes and they expired Wait, today, no. actually. Oh, they expired today. They expired today. So <sighs> we, yeah. So I don't know if we we're going to be able to, but I mean, a lot of the reason we're staying in, in Orlando is because we're going to see the the Mavs Magic game on Monday. So we're big uh, oh, Dallas nice. Mavericks fans. So you know, it's a, a chance to to get to see them live. So 
that's really why we're staying in Orlando. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I said, I was telling Larry, um, the, you know, the sound bar, it's right there in downtown Orlando. I live yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm right at the edge of Orlando, so I'm like 10 minutes away from all that stuff. So, oh, okay. Oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I saw where John Moxley, you know, I've been writing, I've gotten into this deathmatch thing like full bore, and I wrote this long article and people seem to really like it. So I'm kind of one of these flag waivers for deathmatch. And um, I saw where Moxley, who obviously comes from that kind of tradition, continues to do it. I mean, they're doing an exploding (laughs) ring barbed wire match Mm -hmm. and really bringing that to the forefront again. Um, And he recently put over Akira, like he said, you know, like Akira is somebody to look out for. And I imagine that kind of thing is going to happen more and more and more. Um, what, let's say, because, I mean, a bunch of people are signing people to keep people away from other people. If, if yeah. you were approached for NXT, the both of you, um, what would your preference be? Like in your dream scenario of, getting signed or wrestling, what, where do you guys want to be in a year or two? Where it would be like, oh, man, I'm so happy that we're doing this. Um, or are you already there? Uh, so, yeah, so I think that I could speak for both of us when I say we both really want to get to Japan. I think that's the number one goal for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. We just really want to experience that that wrestling and and the culture and the strong style and and the deathmatch wrestling over there because you know Brandon's got to experience a little bit of it over here in the states. So yeah, when I got to you know last year I got to wrestle Masashi Takeda um, here in the states and you know, just engulfed the flame that I like in me that I was just like I need to get to Japan like you know whether it's doing deathmatches or anything else like that's like the biggest thing for both of us at least for both of us i would think granted if if wwe came calling and said hey we want to offer you guys a contract to nxt yeah of course like uh, how could how can how can you say no to that and same thing with AEW. if AEW came calling and they said hey come on we're gonna we'll put you on tv okay <laughs> like yeah i feel like it's something that you just yeah. you just can't say no to you know yeah, and and I got a little bit of the the Japanese uh, wrestling taste too. Like my third match, my third like singles match ever. I got a dark match on Raw uh, against Asuka. So that was just like a whole new world for me, and and I couldn't believe the strength that she had. And I was just such a big fan. So definitely think that. And and for me, yeah, NXT is, is where I want to be. Um, just to get that. Uh, uh, the best trainers in the entire world are, are teaching you everything you need to know. Um, and I'm still fairly new. So I think that that's the best place for me to grow and learn as a wrestler. So. What, um, how many years do each one of you have in this? Uh, September, this September, I'll be hitting 10 years. And okay. Casey, what are you at? What am I at? Uh, in June, I will be at five years, right? Four. Four? Four, yeah. Four active, five training. Yeah, so I guess four. Wow. So, long letter. Oh, long, I mean, 
not necessarily the longest time, but then you you know you guys are definitely burning the candle on both ends yeah, well, during that time, you know, yeah, and, um, and for sure. Weird. It, it's weird because you see some of these guys now that, you know, have been wrestling for two, three years, maybe, and are getting signed. And I'm like, geez. And like, then you see the guys that have been wrestling for like 20 plus who are incredible, who still haven't gotten the opportunity. Yeah, it's just, it's Wild. a different, it's a different business from when I started, like, you know, at least when I started wrestling, like, you know, you, you you weren't even getting your feet wet until you were at least five years in the business. And like, at least for me, like, you know, I you know, I was athletic. Like, I was I did sports in high school growing up, and you know, I I you know uh, I picked up the athletic side a little bit. But it took me six, seven years to actually finally really get it, like, and get myself to where I am now. So yeah, like, it's just it's very different. How how has it changed for the better, and how has it changed for the worse? during your time? I mean, I, I guess it's definitely more accepting than, than when I started. Like, even when you think about what 10 years ago, it was 2011. Like it's not terribly long ago, but the difference that the, the business was in a completely different state at that time. Like it was more of a closed fraternity. Like it was very, di- very difficult to get in. There's a lot of, I hate to use the word bullies, but like, there's a lot of tough guy boys in the locker room that if you did something, like if you fucked up or said something or didn't shake the right hand, like you'd get blackballed. It's not really like that anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of those older guys are kind of out of the business now. And it's kind of like everybody welcomes everybody with open arms. And it's kind of, I feel like it's also kind of a double-edged sword too, because now anybody can get in and it's not, yeah exclusive it's not as exclusive as it was now everybody can be a professional wrestler and now all the fans are involved and everybody knows everything and it's just it's not as exclusive as it was before and like not to say that inclusivity is bad but you know not everybody can be a professional wrestler not everybody is cut out to be a professional wrestler and they you know just kind of trending in that direction all are welcome but i don't know it's a double-edged if that makes any sense it yeah. does, and I, I know I know both of you are are, are advocates of people getting proper training, uh, and oh, yeah. of course that's, that's well, now we got people. 100%. Yeah, yeah, and it was harder for me. Like, I mean, New Jersey is is kind of a hotbed for wrestling schools, and it was. I mean, it was kind of like that when I first started, and there was definitely places to get you know really good training. But now, you know, more than ever, there's you can go places and get the right training. Yeah, but you can also go to places and get on the shows without any training. That's true. So uh, those still exist yeah. too, where you can just kind of show up, sell a couple tickets, and get, and get in the ring. Yep, we got those here in Georgia too. <laughs> I, I believe that. And those and exist in like, Florida, most certainly. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> I feel like they're, they're slowly, slowly but surely started starting to get weeded out a little bit, but they're still around. Um. So Akira and John Wayne Murdoch, um, I would expect what I can't even imagine your thought process. I mean, I used to wrestle, you know, twice in a day. I mean, I was probably part of the last generation where you could make enough of a living and there were enough groups running that I would wrestle five to eight times a week at my like yeah. busiest, even though mm-hmm. I was never big time. And I mean, I, you know, I used to dread the two days 
where it was like, all right, well, I mean, so w- what's your mentality going to be? Because the mentality of deathmatch does not seem to be hold back, right? Like it does not seem to be don't hold. So, but aren't you realistically going to have to hold something back in the pit so you've got something for John Wayne Murdoch later? Or have you thought uh, about what you're going to do? <laughs> I, I try I tried to block it out as much as I can up until that day. <laughs> I, 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 my, my mindset is future me can deal with that problem. That future Brandon's gonna future deal with Brandon that. can okay. deal with that. Present Brandon doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so my future self has to deal with that problem. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to, how I'm going to prefer. I think this is, you know what, this may be the first time that I've ever had to do two death mat. You know, actually no, because I did, I did a tournament of death. I made it to the second round against Ricky Shane page in my first tournament of death, but that second match wasn't too bad. We didn't really do a whole lot, but I would say this is like the first time I've ever had to do two like full on like legit death matches in a day. And I don't really know how to prepare for it. Cause I've never really done it before. <laughs> yeah. And you're not, you're not in there with guys. I mean, John Wayne Murdoch, the, the expectations are so high, right? I can only imagine like yeah. that's the guy right now. And so every match he's in shit's got to go down. Right? Like oh, yeah. it's got to go down. And then Akira and I, too, you know, uh, you that know. gives me a lot of, that gives me a lot of anxiety. No, I'd be that because <laughs> All he does is just get thrown off or throw people off really high places, and I don't like heights very much. So, <laughs> well, um, speaking of which, Brandon, that. are are there things you um, would decline in a death match? Yes, and I have. <laughs> okay. Um, syringe syringes, I will not do. Oh, the fucking syringe thing, dude! dude I, can't. I can't. I can't I do can't. it. I can't watch it. I can, guys do it all the time. I'm like, you're stupid stop doing that like why there's no reason there's no reason to do syringes it's so stupid and like it just like i don't mind things going in my skin but like that something about that just skews me out and i can't i I can't do it more times than not i'll decline to do fire i will do it if the moment is right he'll decline fire talking from the guy who got lit on fire yes i did get lit on fire uh (laughs) That and the Kenzans. Do you know what the do you guys know what Kenzans are? Yes, I do, but you probably have to yeah. explain it to Larry. I guess they're like these little little metal plates that have like a shit ton of spikes coming out of the bottom of them. I guess they're used for like plants uh, or yeah, something I know like what you're that. Talking about. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Vice documentary on Tournament of Death, but this guy Jeff Cannibal got a Kenzan put in his head. And they had to pry it out with pliers because he was stuck in his skull so deep. Yeah, they they hook in there even in a way that the like the the gusset plates don't really. Um, It's really horrific. Jeff, of course, loves them. Jeff, of course, Jeff G. Bailey. The fucking blood master of the universe is always just like, oh, here's that damn fast, Steve. You're gonna want to yeah. watch this, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you like, know? No, like, and the, the whole crunching sound—that's, you know, that did it for me. I was like, I will never do this ever. You <laughs> cannot pay me enough money to get that put in my head. So it's really the Kenzen syringes and fire sometimes. <laughs> uh, 
Casey, what's your limit? Like, cause I, I mean, when I saw you take that power bomb out uh, just onto the floor and then you took this fucking light tube bundle, like, is there something that you'd be like, I wouldn't do that. Or would it be, yeah, but wouldn't it be amazing if I did X or Y or Z? Where's, what's your limit? Um, see, the thing with me when I first started this is I don't really know how it feels yet. So I'll kind of like go through it probably once before I realize like, oh my God, that's so bad. Um, like the exploding barbed wire, I was terrified of, but I didn't know how it felt. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to close my eyes and hope for the best, you know? Um, same thing with any sort of like regular barbed wire bump and the light tubes. Like I don't really mind, but yeah, so I'll like the power bumps. Everyone was reassuring me that it would go great um, and that there'd be no issues. Uh, we did not anticipate every person in the crowd moving. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I guess. I, it, was, it was funny because in the back pair, I was like, yeah, was like, don't worry about it. There's a bunch of people around. They'll all catch her. And I'm like, The yeah, minute okay. they saw me in the air, they all moved. Sure. And I couldn't see where I was going. Oh. So I was like, all right, just close my eyes and hope for the best, I guess, like, at this point. So, yeah. If I don't see where <laughs> I'm going, it's usually easier. Hmm. One thing I like about the, this generation of pro wrestler Larry is um, they're so uh, normal isn't the right word, but there's I, the most of the guys that I worked with that I wrestled with, and this is late nineties, right? Um, there was something wrong with them. Like, usually yes. the people who got involved in pro wrestling, I mean, I'll just be blunt and honest. They had a, like, my ex-wife described it this way with performers. Um, there's the ones that do whatever they do because it adds to their life, but most of them are doing it because there's something in them that's missing, and they're trying to fill it up with the adulation of strangers and the weird world that they get into. And yeah. Yeah. I would say in the late 90s, most of the guys I wrestled um, and worked with were definitely like guys that had something missing in them. I used to call it a hole in their soul. And pro wrestling like took that Still place that for that two hours or that five minutes of the match or whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. But the, the people that I encounter now seem much more level-headed, even though that's why I find the deathmatch thing so fascinating. If these were like, like super malcontents or something like that, and this was like, you know, fuck the world, I'm going to do this, and there's definitely part of that element, but like Nolan Edward would be like somebody that I taught in community college. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just like, what the no, fuck? I, you know? Steve, <laughs> he just Steve likes agree. getting I think, hit. I, I think I think this generation of wrestlers is, are more well-rounded people. We'll do death matches on Saturday. I agree. Monday, we'll, uh, Monday yeah. we'll go check out the Mavs in, the, in, in Orlando Magic. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> I, like, I, you know, I was telling Larry, I mean, and, and the WWE and AEW, they're all having to adjust to this because this notion of I'm giving up everything in my life for pro wrestling does not exist yeah. anymore. Even for the people no. who do the craziest stuff. There is this yeah. emphasis on a quality of life and like, I want to, you know, I want to live, I want to, I want to enjoy myself. I like the fact that you guys actually went to Disney and I know Casey's really into Disney, but 
I mean, when I used to go, I mean, I went, I wrestled in every single state, every single province in Canada, all that kind of shit. And I would always want to get there early so I could see the town. And the other wrestlers would go like, what the fuck? Like, sleep in. You know, like, they, yeah. they couldn't understand why do you want to see the cities and the towns that we're in. Like, they, that didn't even occur to them that you would want to do that. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I'm really happy. Uh, I'm happy for you guys. I think you've got, I don't know. I think it's a great time in wrestling, <laughs> certainly. Um, but I think you guys have, I think you have an insight that previous generations didn't have. Now, a lot of that comes at a cost of the wrestling itself, not necessarily, but I think that's what's going on too, is there isn't, you know, because people aren't living and dying for this shit. And so you're not in a car with three other guys of all different skill levels and experience levels and getting to exchange information. Um, And I think that's been lost. Um, And I think a lot of the people who are booking wrestling are, they're just not great storytellers. So a lot more is put on you guys to tell the stories. Yeah. Um, which is, which is a good, which is a double-edged sword again. I think, I think deathmatch guys by and large do incredible physical things that tell a story, but I always do lament me and Jeff talk about this all the time. I wish there was more of a pro wrestling element even something as simple as John Wade Murdoch's, I forgot his name, but like kind of big muscular guy that he wrestled um, in Port Ritchie last time. Uh, Shane, Shane Mercer. Right, Shane Mercer. But then Shane Mercer yeah. had a match, you know, in the, in the pit before that went like 50-50. And it was just like, wow, they should have just had Shane Mercer destroy that dude to set yeah. him up for John Wayne Murrah. Just little pro wrestling elements like that. I wish there was somebody, and that would fall on the booker or the matchmaker or whatever, to sort yeah. of make those determinations in order to create more of a big match feel here, there, and everywhere. That, yeah, that's and my whole the, 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 the big problem, especially with deathmatch wrestling now, it's everybody thinks that they can do it. So yeah, it's also, you have it's so, also kind of trendy. Yeah, like like I feel like a lot more people are 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 bleeding because they think they'll get like more bookings. Yeah, or, you know, it's it's trendy to be to do death matches now. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're having good matches either. You know, and a lot of the reason why I love um, you know a company like H two O, that's you know Match Remont's company, is they kind of you know they're still deathmatch wrestling, but they've dialed it down to the point where we're just like telling stories like we're not doing light tubes or panes of glass or stuff anymore and it's like memphis style wrestling like and i feel like that's what it needs to to get back down to to where you're just telling stories you can do all the crazy stuff but make it meaningful and like it's got to be good because if it's not and everybody's just doing this you know garbage and violence for violence and just not doing it the way it's intended to do then it's just going to get you know oversaturated and like it's just not going to be good anymore. No, I'm now. afraid that people are, I, I am always afraid that people are going to try to match ICW. And so, yeah. you know, it's like John Wayne Murdoch and Oren do that hour. <laughs> they do that Iron Man death match. And I thought, yeah. this is great. And then I looked at Jeff and I just went, let us pray that 
other lessers basically don't get inspired to go, well, fuck them. They did 60, yeah. we'll do 90. Instead of, fuck. you know, that thing felt very, like, it felt very earned. It was very well laid out. Like, it, yeah. you know, all these elements independent of the crazy stuff that they did. It was just like, I was shocked that they would, like, keep a pace going, but they knew how to, like, take it up, move it down. Just They just knew how to do pro wrestling shit, basically. Yep. Um, yep. And that's why I, I'm really looking forward to what you're going to do with Murdoch. I'm curious what Casey's going to do to get involved. I won't make you spoil anything. I just hope do, she okay? doesn't. I'm curious, I, hope... <laughs> I haven't come up with anything yet. I'm real curious. <laughs> like, we're going to be up there at like 3 o'clock in the morning. They're going to have these two shows, and you're going to be main event the second show, and they're going to drive. It, it's like, it's, it's going to be crazy. Like, last time, we were so banged up that when we went to Disney, Brendan had a black eye, and I was limping from the, the power bomb, and people were looking <laughs> at us like we were crazy. <laughs> the good thing is when you're in Florida is that's most couples in general. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's normal. No, no, remember after No Peace, we were walking across the street to go get like changed and showered. And this little girl is walking with her parents and just sees like the four of us, just like, or the three of us just covered in blood yeah, like... and walking and limping. And like, I was like, they better close her eyes because we're going to scar this little girl for the rest of her well, life. Well, they're like, probably <laughs> used to seeing that on the streets of downtown Orlando anyway because you see some fucking <laughs> characters around there. Yeah. Well, fantastic. So just as a reminder to people, so Saturday, 3 o'clock at the Gulfport Center, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a pit fighter show with the, yeah. like, the, the octagon-style cage. Eight o'clock at the pawn shop, which is I think those two things are like only they're only like a mile away in Port Ritchie. Um, so eight o'clock, you guys are gonna do. You can put the chains up. <laughs> yep. Brandon with against yep. John Wayne Murdoch for that Akira on the other one, and then there is a no peace show. You guys said you're probably you're not gonna have to work that show. You're just gonna be at the show. Yeah, most likely. Cool. I will definitely be at all three shows. Um, Excellent. God help me, covering them and Definitely. reviewing them and all that kind of good shit. So, <laughs> awesome. what else do you guys? Ha- what else do you guys have coming up? Uh, we just did a um, Synergy Pro Wrestling taping, so that'll be out on IWTV. I don't know it, when. Yeah, and then I guess you know Mania is Mania weekend is the big thing. I think I have like six or seven bookings right now. For for many weekend, yeah, uh, five of them are death matches. So oh. I didn't even I didn't even tell you guys that. Uh, probably about five of them are going to be death matches. And yeah, I'm gonna die. Yeah, so much for spacing them out, huh? Yep. That that WrestleMania week is going to be bonkers. Actually, I've been. This is kayfabe, but we're on podcast, whatever. I've been hired to work those shows as far as helping Ron. Um, run all of those shows so yeah. you'll definitely see me there and i'll be the one you know probably <laughs> awesome. fucking running to get bandages and fucking super gluing people closed and all this kind of great shit so. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. but that's awesome um any any last things either one of you want to say 
Look, check out the shows and uh, yeah, hey, IWTV. Me. If you're not going to be there, and if you are there, six feet. Right? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Great. Larry, any last questions or anything? No, I did. I I appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks a lot. Of course. Thank you yeah. so much for having us on. We appreciate it. And we'll I'll I'll see you guys on uh, Saturday. God help us all. So sounds good. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Brandon and Casey. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. Larry. Um what do Hello? Hello? Sorry, I hey. had something wrong there. You you were saying That's something. Okay. I was going to say, what are, what are your impressions of Brandon and Casey now that we've talked to them? Oh, just a, a, a normal, fun-loving couple. Yeah. Who happens yeah. to do, who happens to do uh, deathmatch wrestling? No, they, 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 they seem like really good folks. One thing about Brandon that I was going to point out, but I didn't want to fanboy too much for him or embarrass him, um, that guy always gets phenomenal color like and you know in the deathmatch game they use a lot gusset plates and stuff are always going to make you bleed but there's something about every picture i see of brandon he's got that like perfect memphis color you know what i mean it's like running down his face it's all in his shampooing his hair it's just like he always gets the really good looking color and um and Casey, I think, holds sort of a unique thing. I didn't want to embarrass her either, but something I really liked that caught my eye is deathmatch wrestling, if you watch it, the women who are involved with it are generally one of two things, right? If they're at ringside, there's an obvious, like, sort of, like, sexualization, right? They're wearing corsets, they're, like, hoard up, all that kind of good stuff. She doesn't do that, nor does she do the, like when you look at the women who engage in the physical stuff, they tend to be like, like Lindsay snow types or Mickey Mm -hmm. knuckles, right? Mm -hmm. These sort of like tough tatted up rough and tumble broads. Right. Um, And she holds this unique place of being like, sort of like the deathmatch girl next door. And I, wow, that's a really, I get that. Yeah. (laughs) I get that from, from, from seeing her matches. Yeah. It's just a really unique position. And I think in this, and in that way, when she takes a spot, there's kind of a unique, like, there's just a reaction it gets from the crowd that's just different. And um, there's kind of an intangible there that I really like with the two of them. Plus, they were just sweet as pie when we talked to them after a show. So that's why I immediately thought, like, I, I definitely want to interview them. They just seem very, very, like, articulate about this stuff and that they think about it. And, because they're a couple, obviously that you know they have the benefit of talking to each other about all of this kind of stuff. So, and, you know, we we didn't get into it in this interview, but they both come from the world of pro wrestling and and are good you know are good pro wrestlers before they became deathmatch wrestlers. So mm-hmm. um, there's that there's that too. I mean, I would definitely see. I mean, you know, where I trained was the theater school for FMW. And this is the early 90s, so this is when FMW was kicking. And so when I'm young boying or I'm at, you know, watching these shows, like all of those elements, I, Larry, I could have never predicted that it would have had 
kind of a renaissance, honestly. I really felt like, okay, this stuff is going to draw, and then it's going to go away, and then it's going to be done. That's honestly what I thought was going to happen in the early 90s. I could have never imagined that there would have been an American company during COVID that could make waves and make a run at this thing. But, boy, I mean, ICW is really doing it. I mean, they get, you know, viewed on IWTV more than just about everybody. So. Yeah, I think they're their number. Yeah, if they're not their number one, they're they're close to it. Yeah, didn't didn't see the renaissance of deathmatch wrestling coming. Uh uh-uh. uh I thought that was a dying thing. You know, it would it'd always be around here and there, but it was never going to make a become a thing again, like it did in like it did last year. And so. I think that that's an that's a that's really comes down to um, this generation of pro wrestler. I think because they they I don't. I like I, I found the description of Casey as like the deathmatch girl next door really kind of fits. And for a lot of the guys, it's kind of like how a lot of the UFC fighters, um, no, I'm not talking about like the nineties. I'm talking about like more now where a lot of them are like kind of college educated, um, you know, guys who were middle-class who took jujitsu, like it's just a different breed of guy from the, you know, we're and just like this new breed of pro wrestler are miles away from, you know, Ray Stevens and Harley Race passing a bottle of whiskey back and forth while they're driving 90 miles per hour in the snow. Right. Like yeah. that is not a thing anymore. And people like me and you miss that. <laughs> I mean, there's always a part of me that will always miss that outlaw aspect of pro wrestling. Sure. I really do miss it. Um, at the same time, I don't begrudge the guys anything. I'm like, I'm really happy when, you know, I'm happy when guys like Xavier Woods manages to make his YouTube thing huge and that, that he goes through channels to fight, you know, when they're going to take that stuff away from him, he goes through proper channels to try to keep it. And, you know, he's very articulate and smart and he's not afraid to say anything. And, um, I think wrestling's going to be okay. Is guess what I'm saying? I think it's going to be all right. Did we lose you? Hello. Oh, Hello. I don't know what's going on with these connection problems. Sorry about that. That's all right. Well, it's about time to wrap up the show in any yeah. case. But um, so you're going to be uh, at Anarchy. I will be at Anarchy this weekend. I, I probably that's probably going to be it for me. For this weekend, the the golden ticket, eh? Right? Isn't yeah. that what they're going to do? Like, so that's going to be interesting. Um, bunch of next two weeks. There's a crap ton of big shows. Like most of the heavy hitters are happening in the next two weeks, and then that'll take us into March. And then once we get to April, that's I mean WrestleMania is happening first weekend in April. So it's going to be a crazy time, but. We'll be here for you. For Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you to Brandon and Casey, our guests tonight. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. 
As always, we thank you for your continued support.